God certainly moves in mysterious ways. There's no doubt about that. And sometimes we don't understand how he does work or why he works the way that he does. But uh, he's still a great God. He's still our Father. And, uh, you know, this morning he, uh, well, it was one of those weeks again where <laughs> he waits till the last minute to speak to my heart. And I think he does that on purpose. Makes me study even harder. And, uh, and that's okay. But, uh, um, so this morning, if you'd open your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 3, please. Daniel chapter 3. Very familiar uh, passage of Scripture. And, uh, but the Lord laid this on my heart uh, the latter part of this week and, um, about just being able to preserve your testimony, to hold on to your testimony. In Daniel chapter 3, I want to read verses 26 through verse 30. And if you would please stand with me as we read the Word of God. Daniel chapter 3, beginning in verse 26. The Bible says, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair on their heads singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we humbly, humbly, Father, bow our heads before thy throne of grace. Lord, we worship you this morning because you are this God who we come to worship today. You are the God of the Bible, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Father of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in His name, Father, that we come before You. Asking, Lord, that You would meet with us today in a special way. Father, that You would open our hearts. Or that we would open our hearts. Father, help us not to have anything in our heart that would hinder us from being able to fellowship with You around Your Word today. Lord, cleanse our hearts this morning. Take away our sins. Help us to be strong and to listen to the Word of God, that you may speak to us in a very special way. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is a, uh, a story that's been taught in Sunday schools for years. And, we, and, and a lot of preachers refer to it. And, uh, and there's a lot to be learned 
uh, from this entire story. Children learn about it in Sunday school and a lot of preachers preach about it. The story is it's, it's so special to us because it's teaching takes a, helps us to take a stand when we need to stake a stand for God. Always, all, and, and it always pays off at the end when we do that. And as you, you read the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, after they got through the fiery furnace, uh, they were promoted. The king promoted them in, in the province that they were living in. So blessing does come eventually uh, if you make a stand for the Lord. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were very young boys. And, and when they were uh, uh, captured along with Daniel at the time, and, and other Hebrews, they were all captured about the same time by the Babylonian invaders and, uh, when they came into to Israel and they took these, these people from them. And they were taken back to Babylon to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, when these boys arrived in Babylon, they did their best to change them. They were Hebrew boys and they wanted them to become Babylonians. And they tried to bring them in and they tried to develop them to become, they were trying to indoctrinate them to become what? What, what the nation of Babylon had become, which was a very sinful nation. They tried to get them to eat what they ate. And at the time when they were first brought in, Daniel, um, he, was, he had a pretty good relationship with the, the one who was above him. And Daniel went to the, the one guy because they wanted him to eat all the, the rich foods that they had. And they refused to do that. They made a stand. They said, we're not going to do that. We're Hebrews. We're God's people. We're not going to, we're not going to give in to the land that we live, that you brought us here to. You've captured us, but we're not going to give in to your ways. We are still who we are. We're Hebrews. And so Daniel made a pat with the one who was over them, and he said, I'll tell you what. He said, if you'll let us eat a vegetarian diet for 10 days, then we'll see who's the best at the end of those 10 days. Because God had made laws uh, to the nation of Israel that there were certain things that they were not allowed to eat, and if they ate of those things, they would defile their bodies. And I think that was given for a purpose, and, and I'm definitely a meat eater, I'll tell you that right now. I love meat. <laughs> I, I can't hardly eat a meal without meat. Now, when I grew up, I, w I wasn't raised that way. Uh, my mother and dad, we didn't eat a lot of meat. We, ate, we had chicken or, or meatloaf on Sunday, and that was about it. Through the week, we had a lot of just fried potatoes, uh, you know, green beans. That's the kind of food my dad liked. He couldn't eat a meal without a fried potato or a cooked potato. But uh, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, but when I, when I married into my wife's family, they were meat eaters. I mean, they ate a lot of meat. I mean, my, her dad would not ha sit down to a meal unless he had meat. And whether it was breakfast, lunch, dinner, he had to have meat at, at every meal. And, and I kind of got used to that after we got married. And I'm, I'm kind of the same way now. I eat a lot of meat. But, uh, but I'm a little, little cautious about the meat now. Because uh, there are some meats that, that, that God doesn't recommend that we eat. And we've got to be careful with that because it'll make you sick. I mean, God, God gave them that for a reason. Um, and, and, and I hate to say it, I like pork. I, do, I love bacon. <laughs> Who don't like bacon? I mean, come on, bacon makes everything better. Uh, just like they say butter does. But, but, but you know, God, God, God told the children of Israel at this time, there's certain things you do not eat to defile your body. Just like he tells us now, there's certain things you don't want to put into your body to defile it because that body, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've been saved, your body is the temple of God. God dwells within that body. He lives within it. Do not defile that body because it belongs to Him. Be careful what you do and, and protect yourself from those things. But at the end of, of this whole thing, Daniel, um, they tested, um, they, they, they kind of compared uh, Daniel and you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm going to share their real names with you here in a moment. But uh, at the end of that, uh, they were found that the, the Hebrew boys 
were ten times wiser and healthier than, uh, than, than all of the province uh, that they were living in. Uh, they were wiser than, than, than all of the magicians. They were wiser than, than anyone in the kingdom because they followed the Lord God Almighty, the God of, of Israel, our God, the one that we serve today. But, and, 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 but their names that they had, that they were given, their Hebrew names, had a relig- they, they had religious significance. And since each name spoke about the God of Israel. For instance, Daniel's name uh, meant, the, word, the name Daniel meant, God is my judge. Speaking of the God of Israel. And his name was changed to Belteshazzar by the, he, by, by the Babylonians. And that name meant, Bel is my judge. Bel is the name of one of the Babylonian gods, a false god. And so they, they tried to take him. They tried to change their eating habits. And they tried to change their names, hoping that they would be, that, that they would be molded, should I say, into Babylonians. And that's the last thing that these, these, these kids wanted to do. They were just young boys. And, of course, there was Hananias, and his name meant God is gracious, speaking of the God of Israel. And his name was changed from Hananias to Shadrach, which means illuminated, illuminated by the sun god. But his original name, Hananias, meant God is gracious, speaking of the God of Israel. But they, they changed it. And they, t- they tried to take the, their, their names, their Hebrew names, which was, uh, was significant to the God of heaven, the God of the Bible, the God of creation, and they tried to change it to a false God, making them try to make them to follow after the evil that they, that they were in. And then the, the last one, I'm sorry, there's, there's two more. And then the, the one's name was Mishael, Mishael. Uh, and his name meant, who is like God, speaking the God of heaven, our God. And they changed his name to Meshach, which means, who is like Venus, which is a god, a Greek god. Was Venus was a Greek god. And then Azarias, his name was, the Lord is my helper, speaking of the Lord of the Bible. He is, he was, that's what his name was. So it was significant to them. And his name was changed to Ab- uh, Abednego which means the worshiper of Nego, Nego or Nebo was a Babylonian god of wisdom. So they tried to, in every way that they could, they tried to change these young men to become what their culture was. And we live in a day and age in a society where we as Christians are trying to be changed by our society, by a culture. And we've got to make a stand somewhere, folks. We got, to, we got to somehow stand up and say, you're not going to take me away from my God. You're not going to change the love that I have for my heavenly Father. Amen. Nothing should be able to take that away from us. And, 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 and the, only, the only way we're going to be able to do that is to preserve, to preserve our testimony. Our testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I wanted to talk a lot about today. And I'm not going to get through this message today. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to get through this. I've got, I've got ten pages in front of me that I put together on this in the last day and a half. But, and, and, but I wanted to share this with you because, and I don't know if somebody in, in, out here needs it or I need it more than you all do. Um, and I think, I, think that's, I think I'm preaching to myself for the next few messages because I need, I need to hear this. I really do. But in, 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 a, in a future effort for them to try to um, get these, these young boys to, to become part of their culture, Nebuchadnezzar 
He made a god. He made an idol. He put this idol together. And he, was, he, he made the whole kingdom bow down and worship this idol. Now, at this point, I don't know what happened to Daniel. Daniel's nowhere in this story right now. Uh, he was probably off in another province because he was made even higher than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But, in, in a, in, but, but they're trying to get them, them to be absorbed into the society. And, and there was an attempt to force them uh, to bow down to this false god, this idol. And you know, what, what I want us to understand is anything that comes between you and your Savior is your idol. It could be your car. It could be your spouse. It could be your church. Anything. Anything that you worship, anything that you love more than, than you love God Almighty, that becomes your God. And when you, when you put it before God, then you are literally bowing down to that idol and you're giving into it, whether it's television, whether it's internet, whether it's a job, whether it's a child, whether it's a parent, anything that you put between you and your heavenly father, that is an idol. It's an idol. Anything that you love more than you love God, the God of heaven, the one who gave you life, the one who created you and put you where you're at on this earth. And you know what? You're not in this church today by accident. God puts you here for a reason. You came to church for a reason today. Just as God took these young boys out of the Hebrew nation and put them in the middle of Babylon in an evil kingdom. In this world right now, folks, we know how evil this world is. It is terrible. But anyway, the, the Babylonians failed to force these Hebrews. Um, they, they, it, it didn't work. They, they, they refused to abandon the God of their fathers and to adopt the lifestyles of the gods of the, of the Babylonians. And I'm telling you, we better be making a stand in America today as Christians. And we better be standing up and saying, you know what? You will not take my Bible away from me. You will not take this word of God from me. It is mine, and that's why, God, that's why the Bible teaches clearly, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I'm telling you, you better start learning some of the scripture, hiding it in your heart, because they're going to come and take them one of these days. They're already starting to say that they're going to track people who buy Bibles because they say that we're, we're the enemy. We're the enemy because we love God. They're, and they're already going to start tracking people who buy guns, ammunition, and the Word of God because they say we're haters. We don't hate people. Folks, we love them. We love them. And we want to see them go to heaven one day. We don't want to see them burn in hell. And that's what they tried to do here to these young men. They tried to take them and they tried to put them in this fiery furnace. Or they did put them in this fiery furnace. But, but as I said earlier, they, they, they took these young men and they were doing the best that they can. And the world right now is doing its best that it can to mold us to love the sins of this world. We got to love the sinner, but we got to hate the sin. We got to love the sinner, but hate the sin. And that's what these young men, that, that's, that's, what, that, that's what it's all about. It's about the love of God. And as time passed, these four Hebrew men or young men were elevated in places of authority within the kingdom of Babylon because of their, because of their testimony, because they stood strong for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something that happened to me this past week. I told you guys, I do a lot of conference calls. I'm on the Internet a lot with conference calls with these guys. But it happened again this, this past week. They, we had another uh, conference call. We had three, three conference calls. But uh, long story short, um, I don't say hardly a word in these calls. I just sit there and I listen. 
That's what I do. And, um, and, and, and if I need to say something, I'll say something. But I don't have to say anything. So once again, they're talking about, just out of the blue, the guy that heads it up, he starts talking about, well, you know what, Roy, Roy, Roy's a different kind of a guy. Um, he said, I, I got a lot of respect for Roy. And one of the, one of the other guys said something. And he said, hold on a minute. The, the head guy said, hold on a minute. He said, I respect Roy and what he believes. I don't cuss. I don't drink. I don't, I don't do all those things that the Bible tells me not to do. And I avoid that. And I don't have to say a word about it to him. All you have to do, what I'm trying to say is, all you have to do is live a lifestyle that is different from the world and, they will, and you will stand out as a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. Make a stand. Even if you don't say nothing, make a stand. Let people see that you believe what the Word of God says. If you're living the lifestyle, part of preaching is not necessarily standing behind a pulpit. I read a story one time where this was one pastor, he went to visit somebody in his church. He said, hey, let's go out, let's go witnessing today. And the guy said, okay, let's go. And he said, what are we doing? He said, we're just going to go down and walk down through town. We're just going to go walk around. That's all they did. They walked and they talked and they were kind and they spoke to people. That's being a witness, folks. Be a witness. If you, if you don't know how to witness, get a track. We got tracks back there. By the way, brother, I told them, get, take your name off the tracks, put mine on there. That way they don't get, you don't get in trouble no more. I'll get in trouble. People get mad, you know, they're going to see my name on those tracks. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. And I'm sure it was fine with you, brother. But, you know, you know that, that's... Uh, share the gospel with someone. These boys were doing it just by making a stand. They were holding on to their testimony. Don't give in to the world. Don't give in to the sins of this world. Keep yourself pure. That's what these boys were doing. They were keeping themselves pure for the honor of their God. So Daniel, he took the matter to God. The thing, when they were trying to get him to eat the food, and he took, a, the king had a, had a dream. We know about the, some of you know about the dream. It all started when the, when the king had a, had a dream that no, none of his wise men could interpret. Nobody could understand it. And then Daniel took the matter to God. He prayed. Daniel went to God and he prayed because he wanted to be able to give the king an answer when the, the king had this dream. And I I'm, I'm kind of went back in time here uh, trying to bring us up to where, we, where I want you to be today. But he prayed and God gave him the interpretation which Daniel shared with Nebuchadnezzar. And the king was pleased because of what Daniel told him and he understood the dream. And as a result of that, he glorified God and he promoted Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all of them at the same time at one point. But as they went on, the positions of prominence that they were given by the king, it says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 48 and 49, it says, Then the king made Daniel a great man. Why? Because he stood for what was right. You stand for what's right, and God will see that you get what you deserve. And you may not see it on this earth, but you will see it one day when you walk, through the streets, when you walk down the streets of heaven. And you know what? That's a greater promotion than you're ever going to have anywhere is being promoted in heaven. But, um, but he goes on, he sa it says, um, and he gave them many gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. Daniel was over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over the, all the wise men of Babylon. He was wiser than any man in the kingdom. And God blessed him with that. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he, then he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. And then, but Daniel, he sat at the gate of the king. And that is quite an honor, to sit at the gate of the king. 
all because they chose to do what was right and they preserved their testimony during the difficult times that they were going through. And, and that kind of brings me to, my, to the text that I want to get into. And I, I want to talk to you today about preserving your testimony. And I want to, I want you, I want to notice some of the truths that's found in these passages um, that, that hopefully, hopefully you already knew about. If you didn't, then, you know, praise the Lord, you're learning something new. Because I did when I, when I started searching into this, you know. And, and, and that, that we as faithful believers and the things that we need to do to preserve this testimony that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we're faced with the temptations of compromise, we need to hold on to our testimony. When we're faced with being falsely accused, hold on to your testimony. I've been there. I've been falsely accused before. The last company that I worked for, I went through this big thing. I think I may have shared it with you before where I was under this huge investigation because two ladies didn't like me uh, because of my stand as a Christian. And that's okay. And when I, when, I, when I got through this whole uh, investigation type thing, they, the, 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 the owner of the company hired this guy to come in, a Christian guy. Uh, and and I, had to, I had to meet with this guy once or twice or, I don't know, two or three times a week. And I had to talk to this guy constantly. I about quit the job at that point. But, and, and then when it was all over, he told the, the owner, he said, there's nothing wrong with Roy. He's a good Christian man. And he said, they, only, they don't like him because he's a good Christian man. And when I, when I met with her finally and I had a conversation with the owner of the company, her only, the only thing she would say to me, that's eh, just girly talk. I said, you put me through three months of what I went through because of girly talk and I tried to tell you that they were wrong? The devil will do everything in his power to destroy your testimony. But you hold on to that testimony. You hold on to your testimony. I don't care what you go through. You hold on to your testimony because what you do will determine, will determine to this world whether or not they see Jesus Christ in your life. Hold on to your testimony. You can't, don't, don't ever give it up. So, during the time of persecution that you read there in Daniel chapter 3, verses uh, 19 through 23. Daniel chapter 3, let's look at verses 19 through 23. It says, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because they refused to bow down to this false god that he built. And he put it up and he, and he commanded them to, to, to bow down and, and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven, one seven times more than it, than it was um, what to be heated. In other words, he told, he told them, he said, as a result of these young men refusing to bow down to my God that I put up, and some believe that it was, it was kind of an idol of himself or just some false God that he put up there. But anyway, he told them, he said, if you don't bow down to this, you're going to die. So everybody in the whole kingdom chooses to bow down. If you're the only one that has to make a stand, make the stand. No matter what it costs you, you make the stand to do what is right. Don't give up doing what's right. Don't let fear stand in the way because I'll tell you, God will get you through it. And we'll see that as we go through this. But he goes on, he goes on there in verse 19. And he says that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont uh, to be heated. In other words, seven times hotter than it could ever get. Make that furnace hot. Because he was so mad and so angry that they refused to listen to him. And I'm, and that's, I'm going to tell you right now, the reason the world hates us so bad is because we refuse to give in and love their sin. If you hate the sin of the world, 
but you love the sinner, they're still going to hate you. They're still going to hate you. And then verse 20 says, And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And he says in verse 22, it says, Therefore, because the king commandment was urgent, the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fires slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach. Think about that. The men who bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because of their refusal to bow down to the sins of Babylon, the men who bound them and took them to the fiery furnace, and as they were about to put them in, the men that bound them were burned up. They were burned up. Tell me we don't have a... Don't tell me our God's not mighty. Man, when I read this story, it gives me chills to think that my God allowed the ones, the evil ones, to be destroyed. I mean, it's like they just disintegrated. Boom! It was over. Their lives ended. But yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked into that fire. They walked directly into that fire, which was seven times hotter than it ever was before. Let's go on. Verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound onto the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astounded, astounded, and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. He saw four. He sent in three. He saw four. I don't care. As long as you make the stand for God, folks, Jesus will be with you. Jesus will walk with you through that fire. And there are all kind of fiery furnaces in the world today. But I promise you, whatever you're going through, I don't care what it is. You're not alone. You might feel like you're alone, but you are not alone. You're never. If you have the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, if you've been born again and you've accepted Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you, I'll tell you who that man was that walked with him in the midst of that. I believe that was Jesus Christ himself. I think that Jesus Christ himself, because of the stand that these three young men made, they weren't going to give in to the world. Don't give in to the world. Please don't do that. Hold on to your testimony. Hold it tight. Because sometimes that's all you got. Hold on to your testimony. Don't give in. But that when they and and it says, he goes on, it says, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. It wasn't like the Son of God. It was the Son of God. It was the Son of God. Don't think you're going to go through anything alone because you're not going to. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the future holds. I don't care what was in the past. And I don't, I don't always want to bring the past into the church, folks. I'll tell you right now, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to go ahead and say this now. We've got to look ahead. Quit looking behind. Don't look behind. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what happened to Abundant Life Baptist Church in the past. I don't care about those who left and, 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 and can't make up their minds whether or not they want to come back or not. They want to come back. The doors are open. Come on in. 
But if you're going to start trouble, there's the door. There's the door. Our doors are open to anybody. Anybody that wants to come through these doors are welcome to come in here. But when they, when they tried to raise a hand against God Almighty, or they tried to destroy the, where we're headed as a church right now, I will personally show them the door. I will personally show them the door. So I, I, don't, I don't need to call people from the past. Tell them to come in. Come on in. We'll bring you in. But don't. Don't disturb what God's doing. And if you try, you don't have to answer to me. You want to answer to God. Because I think God's going to do a good thing here. And, I, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and he's starting to give me some things that, that uh, i, I got to back up and look at myself as well. And, if, and, and uh, God is good, folks. And, 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 you know, because they were persecuted because of their standard. Uh, and and that you find that in verses, you know, just 8 through 12 there. You can read that, that the golden image set up by Nebuchadnezzar and the commandment attached to that was found in verses 1 through 7. It would appear that either Nebuchadnezzar set up an image of himself and, and folks, I'm telling you, don't, don't ever worship any man. Don't put any man above the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't, I don't care if it's a pastor, associate pastor, Sunday school teacher, somebody on television. And, and, and Watch who you watch. Watch who you watch on, on YouTube. Watch who you watch on TV. These, these, uh, these, whatever you want to call these preachers. Be careful what you watch. Because there's a lot of false, false False, false, heresy, bad teaching on television, folks. They are not this, they're not of the same God that we're of. Be careful. Guard yourself. Guard yourself. Know, know the Word of God. And the only way you're going to be able to know the difference is to be able to rightly divide the Word of God. And the only way you're going to get that is to be able to come to church. Because as, as, as long as I got God giving me the messages, I'm not going to teach you nothing false. And I know Brother Joe's not going to teach nothing false in Sunday school. And the, the, our Sunday school teachers, I still need to get in some of these classes eventually because I want to see what's being taught. I want to make sure that what we're, being, what we're teaching these children are, are, are according to the Word of God. I'm not saying that they're not, but I've I got to have that in my heart. I have to have that in my heart. But everyone who is truly saved is expected, is, is going to be expected to have a different standard of living in the world. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, Wherefore, come out from among them. You know what he's saying? When you get saved, come out from among. You're, you're going to get all new friends, folks. You've got to have all new friends. He says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Be separate. Be different than the world. When you go into the world, they ought to see. I know that person. Boy, they're different. They should see something different about us. The world needs to see Christ in us. We're here to know him. We're here to make him known. It's right on the wall, folks. That has been, that, that's been embedded in my mind since I walked through that, the door of this church the first time. It says, and touch not the unclean thing. Be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. I will receive. God will take care of you as long as you separate yourself from this evil world that we live in. And in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, he says, If ye then be risen with Christ, in other words, if you, the moment you're saved, you're raised out of the sin in Christ, and you become, you become part of the family of God, seek those things which are above. Not the things of the earth. Set your, he, says, he says, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. 
Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. You want reward, folks? You can get all the rewards you want on this earth, but you can't take it with you. When you leave this world, everything stays here. You know, the Bible says, naked I came into this world, naked I'll leave this world. I can't take nothing with me when I leave this world. And today could be your last day on this earth. Today could be my last day on this earth. None of us are promised tomorrow. So while you have an opportunity, while there's breath in your body, God has a plan for your life. And whatever that plan may be, whether it's going to be hard, and it may be a hard road to hoe, folks, but whatever God has for you, even when you leave this building today, whatever God has for you, whether it's hard or easy, He'll be with you if you have Jesus in your heart. If you're here today and you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, you don't have the promises of God's Word. You don't have the promises of God's Word. You've got to accept Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. These three young men were cast into this fiery furnace so hot that the men that cast them in died. They burn up as a result of it. Folks, I don't care how hot the burdens are. I don't care how hot the trials are, how hot the temptations are. There is a way out of it. And that's to hold on to your testimony. And Jesus will walk through you all. He'll walk through every fire with you. You never have to go through anything alone as long as you've got Jesus in your heart. I don't know how these people out there in the world, I don't know how they live without Jesus Christ. I don't know how they do it. I can't even get out of bed in the morning without talking to my Savior. Because I'm, I'm, honestly, this world scares me. It scares me. And I'm with, I'm with, I'm with you, Brother Dale. Rapture us out. I'm ready to go now. Take us right out of here. And the funeral home don't get our bodies. And somebody can have my suit. I don't care. Because it'll be right here. And I'll be up there. I won't need the suit no more. But I'm not going to finish this today. That's my introduction to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Unless you all want to stay through dinner. I mean, we can stay till tonight. I don't know. No, we we'll won't do that to you, but. But preserve your testimony. Preserve it. Hold on to that testimony that God's given you, that you. And work hard to keep it. Work hard to have one. Hold on to your testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't give it up. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what they do. Don't ever give it up. And if you're here today and, you need to, and there's something you're fighting with, you gotta, you, there's a sin in your life that you can't seem to get rid of, folks, that's why we have the altar. Come to the altar. Don't, 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 don't sit in your... You can, make it, you can build your own altar right there where you're sitting in your, in your pew. And that's fine. That's fine because your sins are between you and God. They, you don't have to confess them to no man. I don't care what any priest tells you from the Catholic religion. And let's understand something. We're not a religion here. We're a relationship. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's who we are. I don't need to go to some man and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Well, you go do five Hail Marys and whatever it is that they do at the Catholic thing. But I'm telling you, all you have to do is come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know him, come today. Don't, don't wait till see. When I, when I witnessed to, to Brother Nate, um, Sister Linda's grandson, he kind of wanted to put off. He said, well, we can, can we talk about this next week? I said, Nate, we can talk about this next week. We can talk about it tomorrow. But I said, I don't know if I'm going to be alive next week. I don't know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow. And quite frankly, I don't know if you're going to be alive. I said, you could pull out of this parking lot today and another car 
just sideswipe you. Life is over in an instant. Life is a vapor, as James says. Here today, go on tomorrow. None of us has promised the next breath. Don't wait until it's too late because it'll be too late. If you wait, it's too late. Today, today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, come to know him today, please. Don't leave this building without Christ. And if you're a Christian and you're born again and you've got Jesus living in your heart and there's something in your life that's become your God, bring it to the altar and leave it there. I don't want to know about it. I don't, I, quite frankly, I don't care about the sin in your life. God does. But if there's something there that's stopping you from being able to worship and just hold on to the testimony that God wants you to have for him. Give it, give it, give it to him. Bring it to the altar, folks. That's what it's for. Give your heart to God. Give up your sin. Give up whatever it is that you're struggling with. Give it to God. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful, Lord, today for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, who lives within our hearts. I ask, Father, that if there's one here today that, that needs to come to give something up or to begin a new life in you, Father, that today would be that day, Lord, that you would touch that life. Father, may we be willing as, as Christians to guard, to preserve, and to hold on and to keep our testimony as best we can for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for the soul that's here today that may not know Jesus Christ. Lord, that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus before it's eternally too late. Lord, don't let them walk out the door. And Father, if they leave here without you, Father, make them miserable. Don't let them sleep. But Father, help them to come to know Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, in whose name we pray. Amen. Stand with me if you would and open.